Many a month has come and gone since I wandered from my home In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson has been learned Well I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian nation Riding my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder in the Indian nation A cowboy's life is my occupation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Bill, did you know that Chuck Norris does not use spell check? I did not know that. Yeah. No, no, no. If he happens to misspell a word, the Oxford English Dictionary will just change the spelling. Ouch. He just, he just glares at it. He just, it's like, I dare you to correct me. Yeah, that's know? like he is with books. You know, yeah. Chuck Norris doesn't read books. He stares them down and he gets the information he wants that way. Osmotically. <laughs> I'll stare you down. What I don't know, I will make up in my own mind. I'll let you in my own mind. That is right. Because mm-hmm. ah. when God said, let there be light, Chuck Norris said, say please. Say please. Or there will be no light for you. No light for you. Mm-mm. Darkness. Ah. Well, here yeah. we are starting episode 75, 75 with Chuck Norris jokes. That's a good that's a good anniversary, 75. If you make it to 75 years of wedding bliss, that means you're probably 100, right? Well, Ish. possibly. Possibly. <laughs> My gosh. Chuck Norris is 83. 83. Still kicking. Still kicking. Yes. He's still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm quick. I'm quick. I'm firing. Um, <laughs> you know, in the beginning, there was nothing. And then Chuck Norris roundhouse kicked nothing and told it to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) And a job has been had ever since. Get a job. Uh, So the roundabout. Roundabout. Talk about roundhouse kicks. The roundabout reason why we're uh, talking, well, I'm talking about Chuck Norris and doing Chuck Norris jokes is because we're going to talk about Oklahoma today. Oklahoma. And speaking, you know, our Oklahoma roundhouser can outkick Chuck Norris. Master Paul. You think so? I think so. I've seen okay. him do a kid. I, 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 my money is on Paul. And he probably could mm-hmm. today, that's for sure. Oh, it's man. has a few years on him. Yeah, agreed. But Chuck Norris is actually from Oklahoma, if y'all didn't know that. He was born in a little town called Ryan. Ryan. Yes, which Ryan, is Oklahoma. probably very small. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about an Oklahoma poem. And uh, I thought for the, the weak little jokes that I like to do, we would just go into Chuck Norris stuff. But I think there's a big audience for your small jokes. Yes, I think you know, so too. Someone's going to do a laugh track and uh, of of your jokes. <laughs> See, these are this is a stand-up show, a one-woman stand-up show. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of poet life, it's joke life. When he when Chuck Norris writes, he makes a paper bleed. So that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Get off me, you pin. <laughs> Episode 75, I'm Sean. 75, I'm Bill. And we are coming to you from the rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry. One and only. Yes, in Locust Grove, America, mm-hmm. where we talk about a poem someone has left in our wonderful museum mm-hmm. here. Right. And uh, and sometimes we do Chuck Norris. Jokes. Sometimes we do, yeah. You this know, is the first time, I think, actually. What if Chuck Norris were to walk in our museum, into your museum, <laughs> I'll say our, and, you know, what would he leave? What kind of poem would he leave? 
He'd probably, I came, out, he'd probably roundhouse kick us. I came, I kicked, I left. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, if it was the wintertime, here's the thing. Some kids pee their name in the snow. Chuck Norris pees his name in the concrete. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I'm very good at it. I could do a good cursive pee. <laughs> you could pee it into the concrete? Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> That's that's not that's out of my forte. No, I got to work on that. Got to work on that. Can you kill two stones with one bird? It depends what kind of bird it is. With an ostrich, I can pound it. Well, oh, Chuck Norris can do that. Oh my gosh! He can a, also play violin with a piano. That's amazing. <laughs> Talented. Talented. Ah. Enough. Enough. Enough of the Enough. silliness. We'll get back. to That's it. what I tell my dogs. Enough. <laughs> get over here. Yeah. What is this wine you're, you're um, drinking today? Seaworth. C-worth. It's a white wine. It's S-E-A? S-E-A Worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I thought to myself, you know, our poem is very uh, um, in, focused on the quiet moments, and there's a shell on it. And I thought, you know how you pick up a shell and listen into it, and it's like, what do you hear? Oh, that's cool. You hear some ocean or some sort of static from a lion or something. The description on the back of it says it's guzzle-friendly. Guzzle-friendly. Guzzle <laughs> Never it. heard that I about have not a wine. Either. You know, guzzler. <laughs> But, you know, since it's if it's earlier in the day, you can drink white wine. And like I told you, I totally made that up. But you know what? We're going to go with it. It says so. it's alive in the glass. It's alive. We're, it's it's it, alive in the glass. There's something in the glass, something swimming around in the glass. Oh. Yeah. Our thoughts. But, um, yeah, th- this poem was very, I thought, very quiet and intrinsic. And I thought that wine would go with it. And yes. also I had no red. Yes. So we, that we well, that. I liked your explanation because, um, you know, you don't think of the sea when you think of Oklahoma. You don't think of the ocean. <laughs> it's true. It, that is a good We are very point. landlocked. We get a lot of fossils. But from, I like your idea about the listening. Of mm-hmm. the, yeah. To listen, to observe, to see yeah, the, the small poem, things. Oh, that's good because the poem today is a very observant one. Very observant. Yes, mm-hmm. because the person who wrote it, she told me this after she wrote it, that she sat down in our newest exhibit we have in our back room called Oklahoma Poet Homa. And she looked at this little display of Oklahoma poets and their poems in their books, and that's where this poem came from. And she from. assembled this. Yes. Which is very... It's a in, bit of a found poem. A found poem. It's kind mm-hmm. of ingenious. It is. It's almost it like is. a blackout poem. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the person that wrote it, you and I both think very highly of. Yes. You know? Yes. So I, I'm, I'm anxious to read it. Shall I read it? Read us the I'll, poem I shall for read today. In my, in, my, in my best... Author voice. And I'm going to guzzle. You're going to guzzle guzzle while I read. Here we go, folks. And Oklahoma, (laughs) she's guzzling. How dare dare she who do that? (laughs) An Oklahoma bookshelf. It's in the presence of the sun with the smell of the light, even among the trees. It's in the angle of a country swing or the fringe on a birdbath rim or bus station poems and lessons from an Oklahoma girlhood. It's in the smallest hint of how we became human. We find plenty to preserve. It is just lovely. It's a lovely It is lovely. Oklahoma bookshelf. And I wonder poem. who might have written this, do you think? I don't or have assembled, any. assembled this. It's an assemblage, correct? You know? It's a wonderful woman here in town named Verla Fletcher. Verla Fletcher. Verla can, you know, you, you, you made it. <laughs> you made it. You're on, you're on the podcast, you know, long overdue probably, you know. Yeah, Verla came in one day during uh, St. Patrick's Week when I was making the soda bread. Mm-hmm. You could come in, and if you'd write a poem, I'd give you some soda bread. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came in and wrote this poem and ate some soda bread while she was writing it in the back room and said she was inspired. Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is this written? 
or is it assembled? Is she an author or it, is she is she an assembled? It's a found poem. It's a found poem. So mm-hmm. she is she's an official. This is officially an, an authored mm-hmm. poem. Mm-hmm. Now the phrases that she's using, I think almost all of them are from the titles of the books of the poets that are in that. I recognize display. Joy's mm-hmm. Joy Harjo's here. Yes, because mm-hmm. she wrote uh, Verla wrote underneath the the poem. Hats off to, and these are some of the poets that she uses the lines of their books, Colin Weisenhut, David Jennings, Morris McCorvey, Joy Harjo, Tina Baker, N. Scott Mamaday, Bill McLeod, and Dorothy Alexander. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, uh, of course, only fitting we give credit to these uh, poets mm-hmm. who, whose lines th- th- these came from. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I I know I think I know almost intrinsically about Verla is I think Verla is a lover of the written word. Yes. I think she loves books. Mm-hmm. I think she loves to observe. She probably loves walks, mm-hmm. um, and observing life's details. Yes. That that's just the, the, what I gather from from I don't know her as well as you do, but uh, you know like she she has a great taste in podcasters and she's a fan of mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But um, for but, the... but you're right. I suspect she's she's very observant. Uh, she sees the details. She puts those details into phrases and lines and into a story in this poem that makes sense and holds together with all the you know the various images that she's seeing in front of her. Is the title even a, a name of a book in Oklahoma bookshelf? No, that's hers. That's hers. That's her so title. So she assembled all of these lines. Uh-huh. This is her Oklahoma bookshelf. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the lines that, that caught her right. attention. Right. And one of the things that I really like about it is a something that normally bugs the crap out of me, and that's the pronoun and the use of it. Mm, okay. But the way that she's using it in this poem, I think is lovely because mm-hmm. it starts... It's in the presence of the sun. And then she repeats that it's a couple more times. It's in the angle of a country swing. It's in the smallest tent. And she doesn't define what that it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be annoying. And then sometimes it's poetic. It's poetic. Yes. And in this case, it's here to the latter. Yes. And Verla, thank you. You spelled it correctly. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. It uh, means it is. So she has put the apostrophe in there where it was needed. <laughs> as I put my little correction on my notes here. Um, but, you know, sun and light connect. Trees mm-hmm. and swing connect. Yes. There's a lot of connectivity here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, lines from different books by different poets. Yeah. And they're not necessarily books that are about Oklahoma. But, you know, there's a synergy of, of people who are writing from the same place. And I think there's a synergy of people who write, poets who write from the same region, mm-hmm. you know, because it's that thing we're saying about observation. You're observing things uh, similar well, to other writers near you. Correct. And Verla found it noteworthy to say she is in agreement with these authors. There is plenty to preserve and to write about in this area. Mm-hmm. That was her point. Yeah. There's plenty to preserve. I, I don't know where, where Verlo was born or where she's from, but she I know she went to high school here, I assume. You yeah, know, she's, so th- she's not, uh, she didn't grow up here in Locust Grove, but she's from Oklahoma. From yeah. Oklahoma. So um, she can connect with, with these Oklahoma authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was wanting to ask you, um, 
the the angle of a country swing is that when the swing is swung is that the angle that you are, go to and fro or is it the angle see we we're left to interpret yeah is it left to at, at the way that the the um the bench will or the wood will slant from from the chain or the ropes all kinds of inferences here you're using great gestures there because I, that I'm helps gesturing me again. <laughs> It's helping Sean, no one else. Well, because you do get an image. I think anyone gets an image in their head from every line in this poem, which is one of the things that makes it a good poem. But that is just personally, that was what I saw when I read that line was a swing that's kind of, you know, they're never kilter. They're never quite. They're never quite right. It's Mm -hmm. a little bit off kilter. One side of the rope is longer than the other. Usually. Yes, that is true. (laughs) Or it's because the branch that it's hanging from is not perfectly. Sure. um, Right. Perpendicular. Mm-hmm. Perfectly perpendicular. Perfectly perpendicular. That's a that's I can a still say word. that. You're right. Maybe if I had drunk a whole bottle of wine, I wouldn't still be <laughs> I wouldn't be able to say that. But <laughs> And the fringe of a birdbath rim. I have a birdbath that's got ancient green paint and it's sort of uh, tattered and uh, you know chipping on the rim of the birdbath. Mm-hmm. And that I, I visualized that mm-hmm. and how the concrete would sort of beaten away from scrubbings with the wire brush. Yes. Yeah. It's in the presence of the sun. That first line is a reference to the title of a book by Inscott Mamaday, one of Oklahoma's greatest poets. What a cool name. Yes. Yeah. Um, Nat, I think his first name is Navarre. Navarre. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and did you know there's something I wanted to tell you about? I did not. I, I can't even imagine that there'd be the something sun. you'd want to tell me about. Yeah, that okay. Chuck Norris beat the sun you in a staring sun. contest. And, and, and hence has never <laughs> regained full sight. Don't look up. Don't look up. Look down. Chuck, stop it. This poem, if you're not listening to us on wackypoemlife.com, you should go over to our website there and look at it. Verla has handwritten it. It's very neat. It's uh, easy to read. It's full of imagery, and it gives the names of some of the poets that are on display in the main exhibit room. And we so we thought we would also read a few of their actual poems sure. that she's mentioning. And uh, that first one I can see that you have there, Bill, is the one by Colin Weisenhut. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope I'm saying his name correctly because I've I've talked to him like on through emails, but I have not met him in person. Mm-hmm. But the line in her poem that is from his book is the one, Among the Trees. That's the title of the book that the poem that you have is from. So okay. you want to read his I will, poem? I will read this, yes. Night drops on this town like dirt at a funeral. A few fistfuls at first, then shoveled in and stamped down flat. But weep not, for in the grave like stillness, Moth shadows dance across wood slats to the creak of porch swing music while iced tea sweats starshine onto work-worn palms. Ooh. That's some compacted imagery Reading on the fly here. Reading on the fly here. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't didn't give Bill any warning. I just gave him some poems. Well, this is good enunciation training. This is good enunciation, you know. Uh, Yes, kudos, Colin. Um, I really enjoyed the imagery in that point. But he also has a swing in there, didn't he? He did have a swing. All right. Yes. Oklahoma porch. Por- I'm just a swinging. Swinging like a creak of a porch. You know, a creak of a porch swing. And we be swinging. Until we fall off backward. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, which has happened to me. But the creak, yeah. I, I, many 
that that is a melodic sound. Uh, uh, screen doors and porch swings. Yeah. Both of those. Yeah, very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Starshine onto work-worn palms. Mm. Ice tea. Mm-hmm. Moth shadows. Nice. Now another, um, she uses several lines um, in Verla does in her poem that are from books because from Tina Baker. Tina sent us a couple, uh, I think three maybe, of chapbooks. And so the lines about the country swing and the birdbath rim and the last line, we find plenty to preserve, those are from her book titles. So, And this is actually her poem, Tina Baker's poem, Plenty to Preserve. There will be plenty for preserving this year. Even cutting out the bad spots, there is plenty, plenty of good left, this the best year yet to savor. Wedding white of spring, falls, firm, green ornaments, holding onto high, sagging autumn branches, losing everything again. From early summer's blushing pink acorn size to the pear fruit. We've been given, harvested in baskets and carried in pregnant shirt tails. Home, to eat fresh, to display, center table, fireside hearth. A basket near the front door, a gift for neighbors, a production of pearness everywhere. This tree has long looked down a country road, and now, who knows how many years more beyond the bites I take. But what's remembered and what might be imagined now can be recorded, preserved, to be something served another season. Amen. Amen on the preserves I'm, of I'm pears. reminded of that 70s song, I don't mind spots on my apples, but give me the birds <laughs> and the bees. Absolutely. Still plenty to eat. Room for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This just takes us through the life cycle of the fruit and into the preserves that someone has made for themselves or as a gift for a neighbor. I love this particular image, pregnant shirt tails. So, you know, you put the fruit into oh, your shirt yes. tail and, and held it up. Yes. To hold, isn't that cool? Yes. <laughs> I'm, you know, it took some explaining because I was struggling with imaging, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing about, about poetry is to give you, know, you this image that kind of shocks you. Whether it's fruit or rocks or puppies. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had pregnant shirt tails full of four little <laughs> yes. puppies, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now you have that phrase. No, I Thanks have, to Tina Baker. I do you have, have that, that phrase. phrase that you can Add carry to my with repertoire. You. Yeah. Certainly. Um, so that's a, another one of the Oklahoma poets that right. we have back there. We also have, there was a, um, the Oklahoma Library Association, particularly the Friends of the Library out of Oklahoma State University and their library, they have a collection from the poet William, Wilma Elizabeth McDaniel. And uh, one of the a professor there at the OSU Library, she brought in uh, some booklets and some posters on Wilma, and she's also in our display. Karen Neuer is the professor that brought these these in, and she was a a woman from the the Great Depression in the Dust Bowl, and she was a poet and a storyteller, and of course from Oklahoma, but then lived a lot of her life in California. Okay. And uh, this is one of her poems that's in the booklet. We have several of these booklets that the OSU Library gave us for free to give to people. Nine-year-old Oklahoman addicted to writing poetry. That's the title. Okay. (laughs) Kinfolks knew it by heart in Tulsa and Broken Arrow. My teacher cherished it in Drumright. The California cousins had heard of it in oil field country. Nothing to be done with a child like that. 
the aunts would kindly tell my mother. Just give her some paper and a new pencil and let her write it out of her system. (laughs) (laughs) Which which often that's isn't that the case? Write it out of your system. You know when you when you write down a poem that you're really happy with, isn't it sort of satisfying? Yeah, yeah. You know it's 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 very satisfying. Yeah, especially when there's times where it is in my system, and you know it's just vegetating in there or churning around or slanging in my system ruminating and then i finally get it out and it's just like yeah it's like poem is out the reason it's unleashed the reason it's ruminating is because it goes from one stomach to the next (laughs) back up here you chew it up a little bit swallow it back down let it let it digest some more and then you can digest it and there we go okay biology professor (laughs) dr bill you got really loud there for a moment what'd you do get right up on the mic i did i wanted you to know what rumination meant We're going to ruminate. Off. Back, Back off. off from the mic. Chuck Norris, I challenge you to a ruminating contest. You don't want to be challenging Chuck Norris. He used to beat up his shadow because it was following too close. It now stands 15 feet behind him. Oh, he not, I, ain't, I ain't scared of my own shadow even. But if you're around, if you're coming to the museum uh, anytime soon, you can pick up one of these booklets. Wonderful little booklet. It has some of her poems and lots of neat pictures and details of her life, Wilma so Elizabeth McDaniel. She lived through the Dust Bowl. Yes. So, yes. fantastic. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's like living on another planet I for know. a few years. I know. D- d- dust to Eat. That will stick with me, the PBS special. Oh, yeah. For, for decades. Yeah. You know? Crazy town. Another, another poem that you gave me I, yes. I, I will read because it's beautiful and I can actually identify because there are two states that are really tied together that I identify with that's correct that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to read this one and okay. I asked her Joy Harjo, Joy Harjo. former National Poet mm-hmm. Laureate whom, whom, whom we Tulsa. were lucky to enough to both have met <laughs> yes mm-hmm. uh, lives in Tulsa Muskogee Creek citizen I asked her if we could read this poem mm-hmm. on the podcast and mm-hmm. being who she is, she said, of course. Nice, yes. nice. And uh, proper and appropriate for you to ask her. Yeah. The last song, How Can You Stand It, he said, the hot Oklahoma summers where you were born, this humid, thick air is choking me, and I want to go back to New Mexico. It is the only way I know how to breathe. An ancient chant that my mother knew came out of a history woven from wet, tall grass in her womb. And I know no other way than to surround my voice with the summer songs of crickets in this moist south night air. Oklahoma will be the last song I'll ever sing. Yeah. Lovely. My signature on all my emails is that last line of the poem. <laughs> Oklahoma will be the last song I ever sing. And, and, yeah. and why, explain why. Why is that, Sean? I love that you line. love it. And also, you're intrinsically Oklahoman. Yeah, you're a swimmer of the of the um, little gullies along the streets of Locust Grove, which I now. I'm a guppy. You're I'm a guppy. guppy you're the, a guppy. Actually, you're kind of a frog. <laughs> well, I land. was a guppy. You were so a guppy. I a frog. Oh, okay, but you you love land and water. You're a creature of both. So ribbit. You amphibian. You ribbit. Ribbit. <laughs> you no, I like it because Kermitina. Because you don't have to uh, be an Oklahoman and be an idiot. <laughs> As only a fellow Oklahoma, if I said that, I would get I would get chastised. But um, you I, know, there is a joke about Oklahoma. Do you know why Oklahoma's state slogan is "Oklahoma is okay"? 
Because it's just okay. Well, they can't spell mediocre. <laughs> mediocre. Uh, M-E-D-I. Now, Chuck Norris could spell it. Chuck could spell it. But even if he spelled Chuck it wrong, Chuck the dictionary could... would change it to what Chuck Norris wanted. Because could... we've already talked about that. He could whip mediocre's butt. <laughs> I was going to say ass, but I'm not going to say ass on the air. So um, anyway, yes, born, lived, raised, everything here. Only time I didn't live in Oklahoma was two ill-fated years in Kansas, so I wasn't even that far away. And uh, so I've always known this is the last song. I'm on. I'm gonna die here, and I'm perfectly fine with that because that. And that's part of the reason. Okay, I'm gonna go off on a soapbox, Uh-oh. Bill. Oh, oh, stand that's up here. Part here. of the reason I started the poetry museum is because yes, I could have gone off somewhere where you know I'm surrounded by all kinds of famous poets, or I could have been a university university professor somewhere and and written you know, all these books of poetry and critiques and done all this kind of thing. But I would rather work from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working within the the darkness and the often the wonderful bits of light within mm-hmm. Oklahoma. But that's part of um, that's part of the mission of the museum is to be here where people don't expect. And this gives you a challenge you may not have found anywhere else. Yeah, you it's know. definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've always liked a good challenge. Good challenge. Yeah, I'm Aries, uh, stubborn headed. You know, you're an April fire baby. Sign, yeah. nonsense person. So yeah, yeah, give me a challenge. Yeah, you cheat up a few <laughs> students in your life and spat them back out. <laughs> and I don't know this about Joy, but I suspect that when she wrote that line, she somehow had a sense that she was going to be back here. This was mm-hmm. going to be her last song. Uh, I'm not saying she's dying or anything, no. Yeah. But she did spend a good portion of her life outside of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and uh, she came back here. And, and she has so, an affinity for New Mexico, which is a state I grew up in. Yes, she lived there, and she went to university there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and lived in Hawaii for a long time, too. And, and Man. she's been around. Globetrotter, yes. Yeah, and... Um, Speaking of another person who's been around, but then has always come back here, and that's Bill McLeod. Mm-hmm. He is a, a poet. He is a person who's also known for a book that he wrote called What Should We Tell Our Children About Vietnam, which has been recently re-released okay. with a new cover and I think some new information. He lives just a few miles down the road in Pryor. Oklahoma, and uh, his book that Verla refers to is the is uh, the smell of the light, and so that's the title of his book, and it's um, poems um, from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But then the poem he gave me to use in the exhibit back there is not from that book. It's called Tarzan in the Osage. Okay. And the rickety bridge. Early sixties, my early teens, I spent summers with my grandparents out in the Osage playing with horny toads, avoiding scorpions, enjoying the fruit of the watermelon fields, listening to Cardinals baseball on the radio, and reading the complete set of Tarzan books in red hardcovers that my grandpa bought me at a sale. I know now I learned patience from my grandparents as the melons grew or as we waited our chance at the party line or our visit to the outhouse. And all the times we waited for our turn to cross the one-lane bridge, We'd travel during trips into town, the long, rickety bridge that seemed to have a life of its own and a desire to take mine, and scared me more than I ever dared let my grandpa know. So I said a silent prayer 
Each time our old pickup moved onto the bridge and I opened my book and went in search of the jewels of Opar. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that awesome? I am one. Born? I am just a few years away from outhouses and party lines. <laughs> yes. I, my brothers and sisters, my older brothers and sisters, oh, knew we all, had party knew, lines. Knew all about them. Yep, and knew about that the, there was a social etiquette with party oh, lines. And let me tell you, they could tell when people were listening. You could tell when that line picked up. Anyway. Yeah, how, how, we had a party line with Flossie, and Flossie, Flossie. was not nice about it. She Flossie would just was, put her phone off the hook so we couldn't use it. Flossie was a hussy. She was not nice. Mm, she's a, <laughs> she was a Flossie. Yeah. So mm. Bill McLeod poem. Yeah, how, how, rich in, how rich in imagery. Yes, richness mm-hmm. of the imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one-lane bridge, you know, we've all gone over those bridge where, like, the Lindsay May Bridge that connects Locust Grove with Pryor. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, it was a one-lane bridge, and it was scary in that way. Of, no, okay, I'm just br- going to say a, a wish and a prayer every so, time I go over this bridge. And you're talking about a bridge you drive over? <laughs> yes. Okay, and, you, and you, is it, is it uh, short enough you can see if someone is coming and say— Yes, I'm, you had you had to stop on the other because side. Because we're not, we're not going to meet in the middle and have no. to back up in reverse. No, well, I'm sure that happens sometimes. Yeah. But oh, my goodness. Especially if the—I mean, the, our local hookman lived under that bridge. Local—oh, my gosh. Yeah, the hookman. The hookman. Yeah, and there's there's many a time we teenagers, you know, because we used to drive around and, and in the middle of the night as teenagers. I thought maybe that do. that was something Amos used to keep the Perkins sisters in no, line. No, so, no, no, you no, know, no, If you don't no. behave, the hookman's coming if getting you, you, you gals. you got halfway across the bridge at midnight, your car would die, and your doors would open, and the hookman— that would be coming up out of the banks. What to get a fantastic you. premise for a horror movie! Who didn't write this down and you know in the eighties and get the in the horror movie genre, you know? Yeah, but thank you, Bill, for the wonderful That's images a gentleman, from a gentleman childhood. That you and I both are fortunate enough to know. Yes, I've, I've met several times. I really yes. enjoy yes. Bill. He's judged our many of our poem contests mm-hmm. that we've had. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I have one this here. This is great. I'm going to go back to thanking Verla for writing this poem that oh. helps us to to go into all these well, other right, poems, right? And the, and and prompting a lot of bad Chuck Norris jokes. Right. We rake Chuck Norris over the coals. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not arguing. You know, with he it. is the only man who can fight himself and win. <laughs> right. With one hand tied behind his back. He can also one leg tied over his he head. He can also start a fire with an ice cube. <laughs> Send for a brochure on how, twenty nine ninety five. Okay, so you have another uh, well, poem you, there that, that you gave me to, to read on the fly, and I'll read it. It's a poem by. Uh, shall I read it or, or, or and then tell uh, the author? Uh, David Jennings. David Jennings. Because I wanted to say that we had our first local author book fair at the museum here last mm-hmm. September, and we're going to do it again. Yeah. This September, and he was one of the people that came. He has a lovely book. That is poetry and photographs, and yes. so they are. Pho- he is a photographer, so there are photographs he took, and there are poems to go with them. And the title of his book is in Verla's line as ooh, smallest hint, the Small- smallest hint. Interesting, mm-hmm. she, she how she chose these passages. Yeah, yeah. So this is for my daughter years years ago. Maybe someday, long from now. Fair skin, hair gray, and wrinkled brow, your step will stop and gaze will fix as sunset embers intermix in wind-swept brushstrokes set aglow that take you back years, years ago to someday, somewhere you and I 
had stood to watch the burning sky blaze out across the distance, broad, and talked of boys and dance and God. Mm. Lovely, isn't yes, it? Yes, I, I particularly like the rhyme yes. in that poem because well, it's subtle enough, but it is adding a rhythm yeah. to the poem. And you know what I think when I, th- when I read this? I just had an image of you and either Claire or Kate or both yes. and watching and observing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a, a child's mind is wide open. Mm-hmm. And I can see you exposing your granddaughters to lots of things, yeah, you know, yeah. and the, the, very uh, sweet imagery. The photograph that David sent me to go with the poem is is amazing. It's a, I assume that's a sunset, and not a sunrise. I believe sunset. I believe, sunset. I believe it's a sunset. It's got all these beautiful colors of orange and yellow, and uh, magentas, magentas, mm-hmm. and one of his daughters standing there. It's a sky looking on, at it. It's a sky on fire. Yeah, you know, with yeah. with with the sun and the clouds. And I love where she is. In the photograph, she's to the far right. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, my mother is a photographer, and she used to teach photography, and mm-hmm. she used to do workshops, and she taught journalism and jur- journalistic photography and all that kind of stuff. And I remember her thing about the rule of thirds, that that's a photography thing, is that you break up the scene into thirds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so his daughter is in the, the far right third. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. I did not know Betty taught photography. If I did, I forgot it, and that's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just you know, one of what her doesn't, other— <laughs> What doesn't Betty do? It's one of her other amazing skills. Yeah. She told me the other day that she that I was talking too fast on this podcast. I bet she has lots of critiques for me, which I will <laughs> gladly take I will, any day. And I just, and I just immediately poo-pooed it, and I said, I think you've got your setting wrong on your— <laughs> I said, you go in there and look at where you're listening, and does it say one one and a half or two times down there at the bottom? Sean, just tell her that. Say, Mom, you're listening too fast. <laughs> you're, Mom, <laughs> you're listening too fast. <laughs> but no, I said that because I have been listening to podcasts before, and I'm like, gosh, I, I'm barely keeping up with that. And I look down at my phone, and I've got a, I've accidentally pushed that button that that's playing oh, it at one and a half or two times yep. the speed, which. I don't know why anyone would ever do that, except maybe they do. Just be listening. I would think they would do Evelyn that with would. some of us Okies because we do talk kind of slow. Got a draw. I remember um, when I was working for the this um, uh, rock quarry. No, it was when I was working for this electric company, and I was calling people about orders, you know, that hadn't been completed, and I called someone up north, and he was just laughing and laughing and laughing. At the slowness of my voice. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Speak I was slowly. highly offended. You don't speak slowly, and yet I don't think you. Speak. Maybe I was talking <laughs> like this Maybe. for some reason. You done slung that accent off since I've been meeting you. <laughs> it yeah. comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it comes and goes. The accent does. It depends on who so, you're around. Maybe I was calling these people and talking like this. I don't. I don't know why I would be. Now it sounds like sling blade. <laughs> oh my goodness! People say I've got a very thick Oklahoma accent, and I think no. Listen, when I go home, they think I, I hear your I hear your southern accent. And I hear it. I hear it a slight bit. No, but I've been here over over thirty years. No, so I don't think you do. If I did, I don't guess I mind it, fellow Okies, because I, you know, I'm here. Here I am. There you are. Here I am. Wherever you go, there you are. Uh-huh. 
a guy walks into a bar and he orders a beer. <laughs> and uh, the bartender says to him, where are you from? And the Imagine guy says, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I missed my cue, folks. Sorry. <laughs> Oklahoma. And the bartender asks, which part? Well, all of me, I guess. All of me. Not the guy just... said. <laughs> <laughs> not just that lower uh, left shin area from the Red River. <laughs> okay, I, I don't have any more Chuck Norris. I do, but I don't. I'm not going to uh, voice any more Chuck Norris jokes on you. But I do. I do want to add one more joke in our in our poetry. Oh dear. Show oh dear. about Oklahoma, which will probably offend some people, but I don't care. Okay. Okay. So, a couple of Oklahoma hunters are out in the woods. And one of them falls to the ground, and he doesn't seem to be breathing. His eyes are rolled back uh, in his head. And so the other guy whips out his cell phone. He calls 911. He says to the operator, my friend is dead. What can I do? The operator, in this calm, soothing, soothing voice, says, just take it easy. I'll help first. Let's make sure he's dead. There's a silence. Then a shot is heard. And the guy's voice comes back on the line. He says, okay, now what? <laughs> I made sure he was dead because he's breathing through his eyes now. Even though they're, Sean, that's awful. That's awful. He didn't make sure he was dead, did he? That's awful. Yeah, let's make sure he's dead. That's so you know. awful. Why would you do that? I don't know. Why would you tell a joke like right. that? you got a dark side. I have a feeling I don't have a lot of hunter listeners on here anyway, Probably so not, it's okay. You know, we never know. I, I I have nothing against hunting, and I'm from Oklahoma, and I've never hunted, but I have definitely have family and friends got, that do. So I've got lots of so don't come at me. Don't don't you shoot at me? Or don't you aim those barrels at me? Uh-uh. Come at me if you want. I'll mm. get Chuck Norris on yeah, my that's side. That's right. Yep. <laughs> we'll get we'll get Chuck on the ball. Okay, I think we've we've exhausted this topic. Well, yeah, and, you know, I want to thank Verla for being being Verla. Yes, Verla. Thank you for being you. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not. You light up our our lives. lives. You give us (laughs) hope to carry on. Hmm. (laughs) We'll stop now. Otherwise, Chuck's going to break down this door and force us to stop singing. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for being with us. We appreciate you. Bye, guys.